0: The
2: numbers
0: told the story they always do. This is a numbers
3: game with Gil Alexander on v It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good
2: Wednesday morning to This is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the v app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, iHeart Radio. What's going on with the color here? My goodness. Jeff, we got some wardrobe in here. Skill Alexander, what's happening? Did I say it all? Visa.com, VSANF, FUBO, Sling Game Plus iHeart Radio, YouTube TV? Did I say all that? I I I think
3: he did. I think he got it
2: I have no idea. Skill Alexander. That's Jeff Parlay. Glad you could join us this morning. 24 hours away, less than 24 hours away now from the PGA Championship. Golf second major of the year. Brady Cannon joins us in hour number two to discuss all PGA. Southern Hills Tulsa. Get his picks. I will tell you uh, that I have made only one pick, and I've made it many times. Scotty Scheffler outright, Scotty Scheffler top five, Scotty Scheffler top ten, and I've done the outrights more than once. That's it. I'm all in on him. I'm all in on him. His favorite course, and I've said many times on this program, I think he's different. I think he's different than than the other elite players who, on their A game, are tremendous but don't show up for everything. I think Scotty Scheffler shows up for everything. We'll see. Jason Weingarten will join us from under a cloud of smoke. The host of the Wide World of Weingarten will talk baseball with Jason, get all his golf picks as well. He does multiple things, not just baseball, not just a one-trick pony. Josh Towers, MLB analyst, VEASAN's own MLB analyst, will join us as well. Get the uh, former player perspective on Major League Baseball. Adam Stanko back on the show today, Jeff. When was the last time we had Stanko on? It's got to be a year at least, right? Well, maybe not, not since yet. I've returned. Yeah. Stanko, who has uh, gone on to uh, huge things. He's the vice president of content an executive producer for 24 twenty-four-seven uh, sports will uh, grace us with his presence this morning. We'll talk NBA draft lottery with him. Did you get uh, NBA draft lottery fever last night? Did you enjoy that? Why did they? Why did they have the players there? They
3: always have represent. Oh, like the players? No, are the actual be the,
2: players who are going to be drafted. I'm pretty sure they did do that pre-pandemic. I'm I don't. Pretty sure they I did. don't remember that ever. I could be wrong.
3: How? how uh, what's all, the point honestly, of that? I. am to, to, to interview them? I mean, that's the only thing. It's more of a media
2: circus more than anything. Congratulations, Chet Holmgren. You still have no idea where you're going. NBA draft, not till June 23rd. But we'll get Stenko's reaction to, uh, to who he thinks should go first and who he believes will go first, which could be two different answers. We'll also get his thoughts on, uh, on the NBA conference finals as well. Speaking of which, Jeffrey Parlay. How about them Miami Heat? Uh, well, Miami Heat get it done last night, and they get it done in tremendous comeback fashion. Boston Celtics led by as many as 13 in the first half. Celtics led by eight at the half and on primetime action last night, which I don't know if you know this. I do with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. Uh, I was said at halftime, I said, I think the, the the Heat should feel kind of fortunate. They were only down eight at the half. Now, remember, right before the game last night, the, the big news came down, even before the Celtics took that 13-point lead and 8-point an lead at halftime, that Marcus Smart was going to be out with the mid-foot sprain. We thought that was a possibility. But what we didn't know is that Al Horford was going to be ruled out, health and safety protocols. Now, at the beginning of primetime, we, we give out our bets for the night. I had the heat minus 2 before that news came down. But when that news came down, I actually grabbed the heat on the series. Because I surmised at that point, Jeff. And this, is, this was kind of the thing that I don't think got enough juice yesterday. That if Horford is out for health and safety protocols, that's not just one game. And I'm not suggesting Al Horford is the key cog in the wheel. But he is a cog in the wheel. They rely on his threes. They rely on his grittiness. There was an Al Horford game, for goodness sakes, in the last series. But he's going to be out for multiple games. This is how this works. And then there was the thought in my head of, oh, and by the way, weren't the Celtics the team that on the final day of the regular season were checkmated by the Bucs? I get it. They ended up with game seven in the last round, so it worked out for them in that way. But weren't they the team that was checkmated on the last day of the regular season by the Bucs, forced to win to play the Nets, even though they spun it otherwise later? Oh, we played on the last day. No, you had to. Because if you lost, you had unvaxxed players that wouldn't have been able to play in Toronto. And so if if I just want to extend this, and maybe this is somewhat reckless of me. But if Horford misses a couple games, might it be that someone else is going to be affected? Jalen Brown would be that other player that we know is unvaxxed? I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, Heat. As far as Game One is concerned, let's confine it to that. The Heat erased that deficit, and they erased it in a huge way—a 22 to two run to start the second half yesterday. By the way, which was followed by a nine to nothing Celtics run to cut it to three, and then a 17 to three run on the other side of that by the Heat to close out the third quarter. The third quarter in the end, 39 to 14. They outscore the Celtics by 25 points in that frame alone. And Jimmy Butler, who I believe it was on this program yesterday, Jeffrey, when I said, I, uh, with Drew Densick, I said, and I just wonder if we're not going to look up at the end of this series and say to ourselves that the, stup- that the superstar in the NBA that has been underrated all this time is Jimmy Butler. And at least after one game, Well, that might be prescient. Butler, 41 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks. Since the NBA started charting all those stat uh, categories, here's how good that was. Only five other players in the history of the NBA, Anthony Davis, Dream Olajuwon, the Admiral David Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and James Harden, who did it twice, had all those numbers in a single game. But guess what? Jimmy Butler's performance last night, the first one to ever do it in a playoff game. That's how huge that performance was by Jimmy Butler last night. He had 27 of his 41 in the second half. He had 17 in the third quarter alone. By the way, Tyler Hero added 18 last night. Gabe Vincent, 17. 17. And that's the first time since February 27th at Indiana for the Celtics and just the second time in their last 51 games that the Celtics had been behind by 20 at any point in any game. After they were down 20 in the second half, by the way, they went on a 10 nothing run, were down 9 with 7.35 left. There was a moment there where you thought maybe, but they couldn't truly put a scare in the heat after that third quarter. Those 17 that Jimmy Butler scored in the third quarter, by the way, outscored the Celtics in that quarter, 17-14. to Butler beat them on his own. Celtics made two field goals, turned it over eight times in that third quarter. Jason Tatum, six turnovers in the third quarter. More third quarter stats? Sure. Celtics shot two for 15, 13.3% in the third quarter. Their worst in any quarter over the last four seasons, the last four seasons, that is, in the regular season or playoffs. Boston, one in 12 on contested shots in the third after making 15 of 31 contested shots in the first half. Tatum, 29-8, 6 in defeat, but seven turnovers. And the Heat, 12 block shots in all. And so the question becomes, just a one-off, just its own isolated game? You got to figure Marcus Smart ought to be back? Or a poor 10 of things to come in this series? Let me just start with this question. Are the Heat secretly better off without Kyle Lowry, Jeff? Has Gabe Vincent, is Gabe Vincent better right now than Kyle Lowry is? They're definitely better with Vincent than a
3: compromised Kyle Lowry. That is obvious. And if you're Miami, why would you rush him back? There's no reason to rush him. No reason. No reason. Uh, And again, just, it really is a testament to what that organization has has always been. And seemingly that organization still doesn't get credit for how good it has been during its pretty short existence, all things considered in Mm -hmm. the grand scheme of things, Gil, because it's... It's Max Strus. It's Gabe Vincent. It's Dwayne Dedman. I mean, it's guys who are Dwayne Dedman, huge
2: contribution uh, last night. Uh,
3: are guys who are not really thought of as as big time players, uh, and before obviously Duncan Robinson's kind of been relegated to to the bench this postseason. But before hit before those guys, Duncan Robinson two years ago in the bubble, like they find guys who are not these high end prospects or players and. Turn them really useful key cogs. So it's, it's very impressive what Miami does. But you're right. Gabe Vincent should, yeah, they're better with him right now, especially if Lowry is still not healthy.
2: Just back to that Miami Heat point again, because we made this last week in case you missed it. The Miami Heat have been to the conference finals in nine of their 34 years of existence. And since Pat Riley got there, they've been to the conference final in nine of 27 years. So better than one every four years, period, in the history of their existence, this franchise has gotten to the conference finals. And one out of every three years since Riley has gotten there. Yes, I know four of those years were LeBron. But that doesn't account for what happened before, a championship with Dwayne Wade. It doesn't doesn't account for what happened hereafter. Remember, they were in the conference finals two years ago as well. Do you do you just take that as a one game though cuz uh, is there anything is there any reason to believe it won't be a long series I guess is the question? No, right?
3: The only counter to that I have is we thought the same thing with the Nets Celtics series. That's the only counter I
2: have. Well, that. By the way, we'll look at a uh, 2022-23 NBA futures a little later <laughs> cuz those will be uh, amusing to look at to see who the short shots are there. Uh Warriors and Grizzlies tonight excuse me, Warriors and uh, Mavericks tonight, pardon me. Is there a price here? You know, I made a, I made a bet on Miami yesterday. Just wanted to put my money where my mouth is and on my Miami conviction. This is down to four and a half. We're showing five, but you can find four and a halves. What's the number it would have to fall to for you to make a bet on the Warriors at this point?
3: I'm not touching it tonight.
2: If it got down to, eh, if it keeps ticking down, you may get me involved. You may get me involved. It keeps ticking down. We'll see. That should be fascinating. But again, another late start tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, because of the lottery yesterday. That one didn't start till close to 9 p.m. Eastern last night. This one will start official time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Mavericks and Warriors. So East Coasters, I do apologize on behalf of the NBA. But this is uh, that's the one thing about living on the East Coast I certainly do not miss. I think I speak on behalf of all uh, transplants in that regard. We'll come back. Adam Stanko, his reaction to the lottery last night, who he thinks should go number one, who he believes will go number one. You can bet on that. It's VEASAN, a numbers game.
4: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A redwood forest would be
1: cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's time to download, uh, download rather, Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. And stop by any MGM Casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older. Physically located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the feedback. This is from, uh, it's from Al Yonis. Hey, uh, any tennis plays? Or will you cover that here coming up? I will cover that here coming up. We do have a tennis play in uh, Strasbourg, France, this morning. One play on clay. We'll get to that. We'll also uh, review our futures record for the year. Take a glance at that. Jack Hannon. Miami, a plus 150 series dog, was a small favorite last night. That means a 150 dog would be favored in four of seven games. Unusual. Still think a healthy Boston can steal a game in Miami, so Boston at plus 115 could be a play. Now, keyword: healthy. That from Jack Hannon. Ben McGovern would love an explanation on the dramatic shift in series odds for Boston Miami after Game One. Boston went from minus one. Excuse me. Yeah, Boston went from minus 175 to plus 125. After losing a game, they were supposed to lose. Curious. Well, Ben, that, that to me, the answer, the easy answer is the Horford situation and whether Marcus Smart will come back and play. That's, that's what's changed anyway beyond the, uh, the result. Coach Brian. I remember ESPN inviting the top 2019 draft picks to the lottery selection. That was pre-pandemic, and I remember how pointless it was, but they needed to fill 15 to 17 minutes for a five-minute rundown, and we still didn't see the real process. Yes, that was, that's my thing with the lottery. I said it yesterday. We still don't get to see how the envelopes end up where they end up. By the way, Sacramento Kings, the lucky team last night, they went from uh, the seventh highest percentage of pink pong balls to uh, the fourth position in the draft. And then uh, Matt, Warrior 013, easiest second half hit of the playoffs. Boston was shooting almost 60% in the first half, up only eight. That was my only wager in one week, uh, in week one. Or in one week, I don't know what he's saying. But, yes, that's exactly what I pointed out on primetime action, 59-point-something percent. I was like, Miami ought to be very fortunate they were down eight. Jeff Rowe Records, heater first in three-point percentage, second in defensive three-point percentage, first in paint points per game allowed with playoff finals experience elite coaching and the home court advantage yet we're pre-flop underdogs entering the eastern conference finals lol that's kind of how i felt about it ladies and gentlemen let's talk some baseball he is our he's our own visa mlb analyst former player played for the uh jays the yankees and the orioles which of course makes him the most proud it's josh towers how you doing josh i'm good buddy you I'm doing very well. Can I ask you about something that happened last night? Uh, Nathan Iovaldi. This is this is why I love having you on to talk because you're you you played the game at the highest level. So Nathan <laughs> Nathan Evaldi is on the mound yesterday for the uh, for the Sox. They're at Fenway, and he gives up one homer. This is second inning gives up one homer, then he gives up a second, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth. And it's only <laughs> this is only the third time. This has happened in the history of baseball. I love it. I'm always amazed by, by these things that come up in baseball. You're like, really? That, that, was, that was the third time that's happened. I would have expected more in thousands upon tens of thousands of games. But I guess my question for you is, if you're on that mound, I kind of know the answer because I'm talking to you, Josh, but I just want to know, <laughs> at, after the fourth homer, are you, like, looking at the dugout saying, like, hey, um, I think I'm done out here. Any of that? I thought you were going to
5: say I was on that list because I might no,
2: have. Been. No, no,
5: um, no. I think I was somewhere. Yeah, no, you did. <laughs> so funny. You definitely do that. I remember in, in AAA with the Rockies, the Rockies were burying me at the end of the year. Uh, and, and I had faced um, a former teammate of mine. He was on the other team. And I, I just started giving it up one inning. And I think I was like <clears throat> six or seven runs in, maybe five or six runs in. And, and I kept looking in the dugout, like, Are you really not going to come out here and even talk to me, huh? <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. So Ryan Roberts comes up. He'd already hit a home run off me in the game. We played together in Toronto, and he was on deck, actually. And I look at my dugout again, and I was like, they're not going to come get me. And I'd already given up, like, probably three home runs this inning, one to him. So I drill the next dude, look in the dugout, nothing. I tip my cap to Roberts, and I threw a fastball right down the middle, and they hit it out of the stadium. I gave up 11 in that inning on, like, four home runs. and They finally came and got me. Uh, I know Nathan didn't give up his last one on purpose, but it just shows you. I mean, he's throwing hard. He's obviously got good stuff. But, I mean, when you square the ball in the middle of the plate it's flat, it's just going to go a long ways. That's what these guys are trained to do.
2: Yeah. I remember there was a famous one where Ned Yost was the manager of the Royals at the time. And was it the Royals? Yeah, and I think he left some... I forget the pitcher's name all the time, but the, the first name began with a V Jeff and the last name began with an m that's all I can give you. It was like Vic Mazzoni or something like that I't <laughs> and he left him out for fourteen runs right fourteen <laughs> runs you know how hard that is to come back from like what happened right. the kid it, in San
5: Francisco Redone.
2: yeah, that's so hard yeah, so but but that was like, okay, I get it, you're trying to like re you know reset your whole bullpen. Mm-hmm but like well, 14 the other thing, runs. You know, comes, Yeah.
5: the other thing that comes into play is Nathan's a, a veteran guy. He's under contract for a long time. He got a lot of money. Boston. I mean, listen, they have three guys sitting in the top six in, in baseball, right? And, and they're losing bad. It just shows you that the, like what happened last year, based on not having very much pitching was kind of a fluke. And so we are seeing it again this year. The pitching's not really there. The guy uh, Pavetta who had all the run support last year is not getting it this year. So he's struggling, but it's really the same guy pitching. Um, it's it's like, dude, listen, I, I'm not trying to leave you out here for this, but like, I, somebody's got to eat innings for us because we're going to the bullpen far too often, and that's the shift in our game where, where Tampa basically and, and analytics said you should use your bullpen more, and success says no, you shouldn't use your bullpen more. You use them when needed, and so now we're overusing bullpen. Somebody has to eat innings, and when you give up some runs in the second inning, Uh, Bro, I need you to go at least five man. And so you kind of like hope he can weather the storm being a vet And it is what it is. They wouldn't let a rookie. They wouldn't let Whitlock They wouldn't let any of those guys do it, but Mm -hmm. Nathan it's a different story.
2: Let me me just ask you because I haven't asked you this broad of a question yet this year, but obviously there's, you know, the, the deadening of the baseball is the biggest story, yeah. right? The muting of the run environment. We're seeing yep. sevens totals. We're seeing six and a half, j- Josh, with pitchers that the casual sports fan has never even heard of, right? No. Nope. Uh, and so, and, and the other thing that I've been saying for years, and now I think it's like almost at the, the biggest extreme it's been, which is the ever-increasing chasm between the haves and the have-nots. The Yankees are 27 and nine but like they're not alone, right? You can see the Rays starting to get into rays mode. They're 22 and 15. You see that the Astros are 24 and 13. The Angels are 24 and 15. Uh, you see that the Mets are 24 and 14. The Brewers are 23 and 14. The NL West has three teams, 24-12 the Dodgers, uh, Padres 23 and 13, the Giants 22 and 14. It, it feels like we might have the biggest extreme example of of that trend happening this year alone. It's already evident. In the uh, in the standings. And I guess from a betting standpoint, my question is, what's the way that you choose to exploit all of this the most? Are you are you betting overs because the numbers have become so muted in terms of totals and team totals? Are you willing to bet favorites in a way that you haven't in the past? What's the answer?
5: Well, first off, Major League Baseball needs to get out of their own way. That's the first thing. The second thing is is I talked to a pitcher in big leagues last week about these balls, and he said, dude, they are not even close to the same balls. He's like, you can touch them and almost put pressure on them and, and move them a little bit. He's like, and, and the other thing is you get different balls all the time. He's like, so you really don't know what's going to happen. He goes, I, 100% of these balls are different and they're awful. So we know that offense is going to be down based on that. So w- what's happening? The reality of what's happening in our game is, is every team you just mentioned that's being successful is a team based on on basically veteran guys veteran you know managers that were good and veteran players and now we have a game where not everything is jumping out of the yard and every person in the game is hitting 30 home runs we have to earn rights are you a good player are you a Michael Bradley type hitter do you know how to play the game are you a good pitcher i was told Garrett Cole was sucking this year he's 3-0 with a 2.95 like when you have veteran guys that know how to play the game they're going to be way more successful when you have all these other teams that are just young kids coming up still in that stupid analytic era who have no idea how to play the game. They're just getting abused for nine innings over the course of a, of a baseball game. So the reality is is when I got a Dodgers veteran presence or a Yankees veteran presence and we know how to navigate through, we're trying to win each inning, we're trying to win today's baseball game, we're not looking to the past, we're going to be way more successful. There's too many lessons I've learned in baseball – to figure out how to win today's game, and these young kids are just happy to be there. Why am I not hitting home runs like I was in the minor leagues? Why is the ball not jumping like last year? They're not even processing the game of baseball, and it's not about winning. So we're seeing—we saw the separation a few years back, like five or six years ago, where yeah. you know you and I talked about yeah. we can cut the league in half. These teams going to win. These teams are dead. We're back to that, but because of different circumstances, the beautiful thing is—is is I think this analytics stuff is—it's on the downswing, right? And we're learning how to play the game again.
2: And we're learning so, how to play again, the game again. Yeah, what active
5: veteran guys?
2: Well, so if I, so no end in sight is what I in terms of the the widening chasm is is what I'm getting out of that one play today. Yeah, anything? That. Anything you like over over everything else?
5: Yeah, there was something that stood out, and I just gotta go look and find it. Um... <laughs> I,
2: hate, I hate when this <laughs> segment like surprises you, Josh.
5: Uh, it's the Astros. Sorry,
2: Astros. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, Astros right now. What are we seeing the price on the Astros? Astros, by the way, at the uh, excuse me, at the Red Sox again tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Astros at the Red Sox. We do have some day games, but that is not one of them. Well, yeah, it is kind of. Now it's a little Close, early. Yeah, yeah. Three ten Eastern, twelve ten Pacific. The Astros, a uh, minus one forty favorite on the uh, on the road today at Boston. Thank you, Josh. Always great catching up, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Josh Towers at no, don't Josh on Twitter. Adam Stako on the NBA Draft Lottery next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
1: A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The Visa Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything Visa has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And Subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, Jonathan Tobel with his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage when that time comes, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full Visa experience, Features daily best bets emails, every uh, every edition of Point Spread Weekly. Use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only 59 United States dollars. All of that to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Pardon me. Skill Alexander. Ladies and gentlemen, we have not had this gentleman on the show for nearly a year. Uh, And, uh, well, he's moved on to huge things. He is now the uh, vice president of content and executive producer at 24-7 Sports and proudly, as his pinned tweet, uh, responds back in 2017 to somebody who said, "Uh, you have the number one pick in the NBA draft. Who do you go, Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball? And he calmly, uh, calmly stated, I'd take a long look at Jason Tatum if I were you. It's Adam Stanko. How you doing, Adam?
1: Hey, it's great to talk to you, Gil. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm doing very well. For, for those who are listening to this show who may not be, and I'm just suggesting that there might be one person out there who may not be familiar with 24-7 sports, what's the What's the 30-second elevator pitch of what you guys do?
1: Well, we uh, we cover college football, college basketball. We're really known for recruiting. I mean, and basically it's, it's broken up into a couple of groups. We have over 100 team sites. These um, sites that we, um, we put out there that, that really cover in-depth your team. So whether it's North Carolina or Alabama or Oregon, on the college level, we really dominate uh, that space. And then there's a national group, which isn't just specific to a team, but uh, we have national basketball recruiting writers, national football recruiting writers, as well as our database, which is what we're really, I think, known for on the football and basketball side. You think about – you know five star four star three star when you see those guys ranked in that way, you're gonna see it come from twenty four seven either a composite ranking or our own individual ranking so that's that's yeah. what we do you know we're also looking to um expand as we add more and more video and that's that's sort of where I came into the picture i
2: think yeah and 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 by the way, I mean you can't you know you can't state enough you guys do dominate that space and it, it is you've- you've actually you know permeated the culture it's so so uh you know rampant that we see 24/7 sports. So congratulations to all that you do over there, man. And it's great that you would still be humble enough to come on this little radio program. We appreciate that as well.
1: Thank no, you. No, Gil, I've been excited about it. It's my it's my dad's favorite thing. When he knows that I'm <laughs> yes. the I see. That's right. Yeah. It's it you know, you can't you can't lose here. It's it's a win-win-win. So I'm excited to be back with you, Gil.
2: Yeah, we've had you and your dad on the show at the same time. That's right. Um, he didn't have Rich Strike, did he, or the Derby? Your
1: dad? <laughs> no, I think he yeah. thinks it's that uh, horse racing back a few a few years. So um, I, I I won't say anything incriminating, but I no, it was it was that was pretty remarkable. So I had to put that into some NBA terms for some friends of mine. I don't think anyone that I knew had. At rich strike, but what a run that was for sure.
2: Your reaction to game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, you know, went through it all in the first segment of the show. Just a a tour de force from Jimmy Butler. I said yesterday, I was like, I think we're going to look up at the end of this series and, and just all be like, oh yeah, that's the dude we forgot about. He's the most underrated superstar in basketball. And he certainly lived up to that last night. But do you view that, and obviously there's the Al Horford uh, situation going on, we don't know when Marcus Smart's going to come back. We, I guess we assume he's coming back game two, but who knows? Uh, do you view that as a portent of things to come, or do you believe this series is going really long?
1: I, I think it ultimately comes down to, to toughness, and I don't know that we've seen a franchise, certainly in the last five, ten years, that's tougher uh, top to bottom than the Heat are. I mean, it's a culture that Pat Riley has instilled, and we saw it for sure last night and and the thing is that Jimmy Butler is just continually doing this in the playoffs. I mean, I think it's three of his last four playoff series he's had at least 25 points in a game. I mean, his efficiency last night continuously getting to the line. And I think if there's one thing that we've seen that's sort of, you know, a testament to where we're at at this point in in um, in sort of NBA the, the 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 current state of the league right now. It's about can you get into the teeth of the defense? Um, and I think Jimmy Butler does that better than than anyone certainly in the playoffs and the, the problem that that creates in the playoffs is everyone talks about how tight the defense is, and it's true but if you're now sticking out on shooters 24 25 feet from the rim if someone is able to get by their guy and penetrate well now all of a sudden that help is a little slower to come over plus you know the refs Jimmy Butler initiates contact and, and so he's going to get to the line so offensively you've got Butler you have Struess that hit a bunch of big shots last night. I I think the Heat win this game in in six. Uh, Obviously, it's going to be a dogfight, and the Celtics are tough too. But I just think the way that the Heat play and and their toughness, and the fact that you think about this unheralded backcourt of theirs that 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 played well last night, I'm just I'm so impressed with what the Heat are able to do every single year, and just Spo and Riley. The culture is incredible.
2: Yeah, and your, Butler did it on 19 shots yesterday. I mean, that's the part I left out, right? Like, super efficient. Uh, unbelievable. And then real quick before we get to the lottery, the Warriors and the Mavericks obviously tip off tonight, game one. All the talk about Luka. But the Warriors, although not the Dynasty Warriors, are still at the top of their game, the Warriors, the most beautiful thing in sports. Worst favored by five tonight. Do you like them in this game? Do you like them in this series? Or do you give the Mavericks a true puncher's chance here?
1: I like the Warriors in this game, but uh, I definitely do give the Mavs a chance. You wouldn't think so because you break it down on paper and you think top-to-bottom Warriors are – Better team, they're more loaded offensively. All their shooters, plus Clay has really been shooting the ball well, and that's that's a huge key for them. I mean, the fact that Jordan Poole was there made a huge difference offensively. But now finally having Kent Clay shoot at the at the clip that you expected him to in the past, maybe not the defensive presence that he once was, even though he made some plays uh, last series. He's certainly not the same defensive player we saw years ago. However, I think they can throw some different options at Doncic. I think they'll start out with Wiggins. I think you'll you'll see Kaminga play him at stretches of course Draymond may take on Luka at times and then Clay may even get a touch so a lot of different people at Doncic but I will say this one thing for Doncic you look back at their series throughout the year Luka averaged over 30 points a game against the Warriors and again if he's able to penetrate as well as hit from deep he'll be you know we'll think about the step backs and stuff that'll make the highlight reels but if he's able to penetrate and find his other shooters you know, Brunson and company. Then I think it's gonna be trouble for the Warriors. I still think overall the Warriors may have a little more firepower. But I think it's going this series gonna go long and I think that the Mavs do have a chance.
2: Warriors minus two fifty on the series price, Mavericks plus two hundred and the adjusted series price out east now. Heat minus one fifty, Celtics plus one twenty five, courtesy of BetMGM. MGM. Draft lottery last night. Um, Orlando ends up with the first pick in the draft. They've had three number ones in the past. Man, did they make the most of those, uh, Shaq, Chris Weber, who was flipped for petty Hardaway in picks. And then Dwight Howard. I mean, they have hit the trifecta. This ain't that draft, is it?
1: No, but I, but look, you always break it down into, into tiers. That's how NBA teams slot it. And so they'll say, Hey, tier one guy is a future superstar for your team a uh, potential Hall of Famer, a guy that's going to make the All-Star game every year. And then, you know, Tier 2 starts to get into a guy that might make an All-Star team here and there. Uh, starter, though, very valuable piece piece to your team. And it goes down from there. The interesting thing about this draft is I would say I think that the top four guys, in my in my estimation, that's Jabari Smith, um, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banquero, and then, Jaden Ivy. I think all four of those guys are tier one players. I think all four have the potential to be superstars. The difference in this draft, though, is that I would say one guy is a tier two and that's Ben Mather. And then for me, it drops way down tier three, tier four. I just think you just don't have great depth at all in this Mm -hmm. draft. So I think it's really interesting as you sort of break it down. If you don't get in that top four, maybe top five, that it is going to be a rough go for you in terms of your expectations of a lottery pick. So I think everything is is really dependent on can you get into that top four.
2: Interesting. So with the first pick, Jabari Smith is the favorite to go first, minus 125. Holmgren's plus 150. Banquero plus 450. And then Ivy, 40-1. to Who would you go with and who do you think they go with?
1: I think they go with Jabari Smith. Um, I think that's going to be the pick, even though Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs played together, Minnehaha High School in, in Minneapolis. So that'd be interesting to, to pair those two together again, the two Gonzaga guys that didn't get a chance to play together. But I just, I, I think Jabari Smith, it's funny, when you break down what Kevin Durant said about what it takes to be a great player in today's NBA, he started talking about length for position, the ability to shoot it. Of course, KD was talking about himself, but... It could also uh, speak for Jabari Smith. For me, like I said, I don't think you go wrong with any of those guys. I think they're all superstars. But my favorite player in this draft is Jaden Ivey. I had a chance to see him work out in person last year. He blew me away last summer, going up against Davion Mitchell and Keon Johnson every day in practice. Those guys, their workouts, I should say, and the intensity that they played with. He is an unbelievable athlete. He can score on anybody. He's explosive, has great charisma. He's going to be a great teammate. His work ethic is outstanding. I don't know if he's the right fit for Orlando, but but Jaden Ivey's is going to be an absolute superstar, just like the rest of the three. And I think Chet Holmgren at OKC is an interesting pick because you need a team that's going to be patient with Holmgren. His finesse is down, but over time, Chet Holmgren has the ability to be really, really special in this league.
2: Adam, it's always great to see you, man. The Twitter is at Naismith Lives for Adam again. Uh, all the great stuff at 24-7 Sports. We got to have you back before the draft. Will you commit to that? Will you do that?
1: Okay, I'll commit to that. Just for you, Gil. People are going to kill me that I did this after saying no to else.
2: Adam Stenko. Thank you, Adam. Come back. Tennis pick of the day next.
0: Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
2: Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada skill alexander don't forget that uh if you know who's scoring the first basket or you think you know who's scoring the first basket you can take a fearless shot in the nba playoffs with betmgm just place a single first basket scorer prop bet on any nba playoff game or create a parlay of multiple first basket score bets from different games if your wager loses you'll receive your original stake back in free bets up to 25 dollars with first basket scorer insurance from betmgm now you can throw down that bold bet with confidence don't miss all the exciting NBA postseason action with the King of Sportsbooks featuring one-game parlays, live betting options, and daily boosted odd specials on some of the biggest showdowns in basketball. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling prom call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or New York. So we figured out who that pitcher was from earlier that we were talking about. Ned Yost left Vinny Mazzaro in a game back in May of 2011. Left him in for two and a third innings, and he gave up 14 runs. Ned Yost, who went on to be the uh, Royals World Series winning manager several years later. But I'm just seeing when when I Googled it. Open letter to Ned Yost. Wow, you single-handedly ruined the career and personal life of Vin Mazzaro last night. I don't know why he ruined his personal life, but 14 runs. And then uh, Jeff and I were talking about the the Magic's unbelievable record of having the number one pick in the draft, historical success. Shaq, Chris Webber immediately flipped for Penny Hardaway in picks. And then Dwight Howard... And, Jeff, you made the comment, no titles. But they got so close on all of them. All of them got to the NBA finals and then uh, couldn't get the job done.
3: That was – we were talking about during the break. It was the 95 final with with the first one. Against Houston. Where Houston was the sixth seed and swept them out. Yeah. And then it was Kobe's first title without Shaq, I'm pretty sure when Orlando made it the second time with Dwight and... hey, do Turkleo and Jameer Nelson. Yeah. And Courtney, Me- Courtney Lee, I should say. Courtney Lee makes the layup in Game 2. That could have been a very different series. Oh, that I don't remember. Yeah, Courtney that... Lee missed a bunny late in, in Game 2. Game went to overtime. Lakers won. Lakers won that
2: series pretty comfortably. We, we talk on primetime action every once in a while. We get into this uh, rabbit hole of the players that exist now in the NBA... That you would have to convince a younger person were actually elite, unbelievable NBA players, but now have for for a massive part of their careers not been that. And Dwight Howard is the poster child for that. Like, it is hard to explain to people that Dwight Howard was one of the elite, and I'm talking super elite, players in the National Basketball Association, which is why, by the way, he was so offended that he was left off the best 75 players of all time team and might have been justified in doing so. Dude's going straight to the Hall of Fame. Dwight's
3: absolutely a Hall of Famer.
2: But there's like how many years now of Dwight Howard's career where like you would have to tell a kid that and they'll be like, what are you talking about? It's Dwight Howard.
3: Well, it's because just it, part of the reason, I, again, there are politics that go into the top 75 players, of course. But just the way that Dwight's career after forcing his way out of Orlando and then really just turned into a journeyman after those those first eight years. But Dwight was amazing those first eight years in Orlando. He was great. And he was the type of player that doesn't exist really in this NBA now.
2: The other one we came up with, because we're trying to think of, is there an equivalent in any other sport? We, We settled in the NBA, and I said the sort of poor man's version is Andre Iguodala, who wasn't quite as elite as Dwight was. But for many years, Andre Iguodala was the guy in Philadelphia and was, you know, one of the NBA's, I don't know if he was the best players in the NBA, but he was certainly an all-star level player in the NBA. But now for so many years, there's a whole generation of basketball fans who are like, oh, Andre Iguodala, that dude who managed to find himself an NBA Finals MVP back in 2015 and is now a uh, afterthought with the Warriors. But yeah. I mean, there's just players have those kinds of careers. Uh, tennis pick of the day. Whoa, you're smiling. What's no, up?
3: I'm just going through this 2009 final real quick. Yeah. Guys who averaged double figures in that series for the Magic. Turkaloo, who we mentioned. Yeah. Dwight Howard, who we mentioned. Rashard Lewis. Rashard Lewis. Who, the man could score the basketball when he was still playing.
2: Uh-huh. I've seen and, him up at the Aria.
3: And then the other the other two players who average double digits, I, I'd give you 30 guesses and you wouldn't get ni- either of them, I'm pretty sure. Gil. Two other guys average? Two other guys average double digits in per that, game in that series. Oh, in that series. For Oh, Orlando.
2: I don't know. Who in the series?
3: It was uh, Mikel Petris, of oh, course. In, in a million years. You never would have gotten never, that. Never, never. And then I had forgotten he was on this team. Skip to my Lou. Ray for Alston. Oh yeah. Totally forgot he was on that team.
2: That's a weird that's a weird year that gets lost in history kind of, doesn't it? I guess cuz Kobe doesn't, but like the Orlando team sort of gets lost yeah, in history. Yeah, that that
3: was again, that was LeBron's LeBron and uh, one one of LeBron's the, the I don't want to call LeBron's failings cuz that's not fair, but that was a Cleveland failing. Yeah. where they were the one seed in the East. I was they believe LeBron made the ridiculous buzzer beater in game 2. Uh, but Orlando, like, like you said, because it's the magic, it kind of gets lost in the ether.
2: Jabari Parker, you think they're going to pick him first? You mean Jabari Smith? Jabari Smith, Parker Yeah. yeah I, yes, I, no, they I, don't want to pick Jabari Parker. Again.
3: No, I don't think they're taking Jabari Parker again. No. Uh, I, I would say that, yes, I just knowing what Orlando's history re- in recent times has been the way they've drafted, I think Jabari Smith's going to be the guy. I don't know if that's the right pick. I don't know. I, this is a weird draft because... Holmgren feels like someone that if you're expecting him to be good right away, you're asking for problems.
2: Yes, that's correct. It's all you about have, expectations with him, You have, you him, have to right? be
3: patient with Holmgren, like Adam no. Stanko said. Jabari Smith, it felt like in every big game Auburn played this year, he disappeared.
2: Yes. And By the way, I didn't want to bring it up, but like Jaden Ivey disappeared in one tournament yeah, game,
3: too. Other than North Carolina, everyone kind of lost their minds when they played St. Peter's in this tournament. Yeah. So I don't know how much that had to do with St. Peter's and how much that had to do with Ivey. Ben Caro to me. I know he. I know he's kind of a tweener, but he feels like the safest guy in that top four.
2: Let's put it this way: I don't think I'd want the number one pick just for the like the expectations of that player. You'd almost rather have three or four if 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 you don't have one a specific conviction like Danny Ainge did on Tatum, for instance, that year. Eh, I don't know if you want like. Let's put it this way: Let's use Holmgren as an example. Much more casual being picked third or fourth than it would be if he's number one. And then it's all eyes on that dude. If
3: Holmgren goes, to and I agree with what Adam said, if Holmgren goes to Oklahoma City at two, where there is absolutely no pressure to win right away, yeah, and it allows him to develop, you let him put on weight, let him get stronger, two, three years from now, you could end up with a really good team there. Sure,
2: Absolutely. Everybody would love to have him as, as that kind of player, right? Like a, uh, not the guy, not a guy with expectations, but a guy who's allowed to develop. Jabari Smith, minus 105, to be the number one pick in the draft. June 23rd, we'll obviously talk about it much closer to draft day itself. The tennis pick of the day is in Strasbourg, France, on clay. Here we are, uh, just a, uh, the, the French Open draw is tomorrow, by the way. French Open starts on Sunday uh, tennis is second major. The draw is tomorrow, both on the men's and the women's side. Uh, so there's some minor tournaments going on. One is in Strasbourg, France. And I'm on Alexandra Sasnovich today. I'm on Alexandra Sasnovich. Got her at uh, plus 100. There was a stray plus 100 last night at William Hill when most of the lines were minus 110. She plus money right now, Sasnovich. I think you can get her at maybe even a tick better, at least before the show started. Uh, you could get her at a bit of a tick better than I got her at plus 100. You're looking you're looking at back to even and minus 110 most okay. spots now. Okay. So right there. Yeah. Right there. Still very playable. I have her going uh her numbers far better on clay than the uh, veteran Angelique Kerber who has had a tremendous career but Uh, is probably on the downside, Sasnovich, the one tennis play of the day, which gives us entree to look at our, uh, you know, the tennis futures that we've played this year in all the tournaments that we have uh, played them in. And I just wanted to, uh, you know, again, point this out because uh, somebody objected to me (laughs) saying casually yesterday, hey, oh, yeah, we only had one pick. that It was this morning. It happened to win, but it happened before the show. Like, oh, you claim you had a winner. Uh, we've given out hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of tennis picks on this show. Our hard court season was second to none, as you know. Uh, and these are just the futures from this year. And if you go through that list right there, the, the ones that have already cashed are up over, you ready for this? 62 units. Those are tennis futures. Because I don't make 10 futures uh, play outright every tournament. I stick to the one person that I think is going to win the tournament and bet the heck out of that person. Almost went differently there. And, uh, and, if, and also if you're landing on the show and you're like, well, of course it's, it's Fiat and it's, it's, you know, you know, you've got a great price on Alcaraz. Um, if you're new to this show, we had Bianca Andreescu at the 2019 U S open. We had Sophia Kennan at the 2020 Australian open. We had Iga at 33 to one in the French open in 2020. We've been doing this for years on this show. And so if anything, Um, we don't talk about it enough, quite frankly. And so uh, that sort of set me off on Twitter yesterday, so I just wanted to uh, point that out here. Now, is it as good in these basketball playoffs? It is not. We're down three units uh, in the basketball, uh, in the NBA playoffs, but do have the Golden State Warriors future still uh, from earlier in the year, plus 550, and do have the heat now in this series, so there is time to rectify that. We will come back. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke in Southern California. Who's the best player on the Angels? Trout, Otani, or this guy? Next.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.